Hi, my name is Tony Groves. Welcome to the first episode of Leadership Lessons from the Front. Joining me today, I have Luke Brown from the New Zealand Dairy. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me along, Tony. Good to be here. Hey, so a bit of, bit of a background on myself. I've been with the dairy industry for about 15 years now. I've done a, a bunch of work with Fonterra here in New Zealand and then have done work with them offshore. So I've spent time in, in manufacturing environments, technical environments, and then I went uh, to the UK and, and based in Europe for about four years, just out of uh, Amsterdam, and we're doing a whole lot of business development and uh, building milk pools over there for Fonterra, and then moved to uh, Singapore where I spent another four years uh, in Asia in the in the food service business. And you know, some of the tough things during that time, or the, the challenges, and also the really exciting stuff actually was working across cultures and, and time zones. So you can have two countries that are right next to each other but the way that people think and, and the way that people just do stuff is different and say so how do you connect in with those people and how do you get the most out of what you're trying to do and get a really good outcome uh, and then a couple of years ago I uh, so we said about 10 years offshore and a couple of years ago my wife and I, I moved back to New Zealand and she's from Christchurch we had our first little kid and uh, so we, we came home and I didn't want to be the least favourite uh, favorite son in the family, so I'd better, better come home and have the, uh, have the grand, uh, grandkid near the grandparents. Yeah. And uh, now we've got two little girls, uh, which is absolutely amazing. And, uh, yeah, and as I said, my wife is, is here as well. She's got the patience of a saint and just really enjoying this life stage of, uh, of raising a young family. So what are some of the challenges that you currently face in your role as a leader? Some of the challenges that I currently face as a leader is, is focusing on the right things. So, so some of the challenges that I currently face are actually probably long-term work-ons for me. It's just focusing on the right things at the right time and making sure that when I am focusing on them, I'm actually using that time effectively. So what I mean by that is, is that when you're, you know, when you're working on something, are you, are you actually thinking on the things that you can control and make a difference? Or are you rehashing things out uh, that have already happened, you can't do anything about it, and actually you should just move on? You know, so that's, from, from a work sense, you know, that kind of that makes a lot of sense. But there's also like a real crossover and a, when you go when you go to your family life and, and we were speaking about before about with COVID and you're working from home and you've got your office but you also you, you're juggling your time with the uh, you know trying to do the family time and so you're saying well am I getting a uh, am I doing a good job of what I'm of, of everything or am I doing a half pie job of uh, of everything because I'm I'm not present when I'm doing it. Do you have a process or a structure that you use to to direct your your thoughts and attention? There's a look. I've I've there's some really good processes out there. It's like these like prioritization matrices, uh, matrices, and there are yeah planning tools. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. What I've actually found for myself is really simple. So I I run lists. So I have a I have a list on my phone now where if I've thought about something, I just bung it into my uh, into my 
notes on on my phone and then I forget about it and uh, so I don't because I can't do anything about it then so that that that, that clears clears the head and leaves um, leaves me thinking about the things I should be um, and then when I'm uh, thinking about the the day I'm actually planning up so I'll I'll, I'll do a, a rough plan of what I need to cover or what needs to be done uh, the day before and then I'll revisit that um, at the start of the next day so for me it's as it's as simple as that. So I'd be really interested in hearing uh, a little more about some of the hardest lessons that you've learned about yourself when you're faced with adversity. Jeez. No, I've learned learned a lot of lessons. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Adversity. You know what? I actually think this comes a lot to, this is going to be different for for everyone, but there's a, your personality actually plays a, a huge role in this. So, so for me, I, I when 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 the going gets um, tough, I tend to, I tend to focus in and try and remove noise and just get and get stuff done. Um, I also, if if things are going in the the general right direction, uh, if say for example somebody gave a, a suggestion and it was like right, that's that's more or less what I want to hear. I don't particularly need to argue the semantics of it. I would go. I will take that on and just move. As long as I'm going in the general direction where I need to go, I'm I'm fine. Um, so I'm not analysing a situation as critically when I'm under pressure. Um, and you know, some of the, so some of the, the hardest lessons I've learned about myself. You know, when you're removing those 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 um, when you face adversity, is actually I remove the noise. But the downside of that is is that. I probably don't communicate as, as well as I should do. And when you're in adversity, that's the time when you really should be communicating more. Because so like, <laughs> your, your people need to have the direction. And it's not that there's a direct, direct, you know, you're a direct team. I'm, I'm talking about people around you, your colleagues, whether it's your family, um, your wife, your kids, your, um, you know, or your boss, or just whoever, good colleagues, as I was saying. You need to communicate so people actually know what's going on and you can give direction, you can help focus things and you, you also can keep things uh, progressing instead of you know, inefficient use of time or energy or, or worry, those things that just don't add value uh, and don't help get to a, you know, to a good outcome. Those are the, uh, the challenges I face around that, around that communication and, and probably delegating effectively. Tunneled, uh, tunneled vision, where you get a reduced, reduced vision. So I know that when I get to those, when the pressure starts coming on, I've actually got to consciously stop, put my head up, and look around and say, who do I need to be communicating with? Yeah, I've actually never. Wow, well, I don't think I've ever really had problems about keeping to move forward. It's I've, I've always found that if you just you can always do one more step. You know, you've got to enjoy what you're doing, but you can always do one more step. Uh, and so, and what 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 keeps me going is you know, I ask myself a, a, a few um, a few questions. Is like you know, if, say for example, I've I've got tremendous respect uh, for my wife, and I think she does. There are many many things that uh, she does that are far better than I can do. And I always. You know, there's certain certain things I, I look to her, I look to her and go, geez, what would uh, 
what would Jacqueline do in this uh, situation, or how how would she do it? And then I think if she came in here now, she knows me really really well. So if she came in here now, would she be would she be happy with um, uh, with what I was doing, or would she be saying, "Hey, you you can do a bit better than that." And uh, so that's one one thing that I I keep on uh, that, keep, that keeps me going when I've got I've got certain people for for different different situations, uh, people that I admire, um, and and I've also got my own internal bell uh, bell measure to, to say, hey, can I do can I do better? Is this the, is this the best that I can do, or am I you know, am I happy? Am I adding value? And um, does this make sense? Uh, that's what keeps me moving forward. Yeah, different different role models for for different situations. I, I mean, I I can think of the you know, the first the, when I first started uh, working for Fonterra, my first boss it was, and he's he's had such a uh, positive uh, influence on me, and I, I looked up to him for quite a long time. I still look up to him, but you know, in that in that sense, when you when you first uh, uh, join a um, a new team, and you've, you know, this this was somebody that would be the first person in to a, to a situation and and the last out. He uh, practiced what he what he spoke about, but he really knew his craft well. So he knew his craft well, and because he was so he was very happy to be able to share that with others and genuinely helping others. He really cared about his people, uh, and you you felt that when you when you were going to do something, you actually had a you had somebody that you could um, aspire uh, to to be like and to actually really uh, get the best best out of yourself because he was always getting the best out of the people around him in a really positive way. Um, so he was a um, he was a, he was a really good role model um, for me. Since since those early days of when I first started, I've actually found that I've got different role models or parts of people for different situations. So you know if I'm you know, if, 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 I, if I was doing some of my sport, I'm just trying to, you're just trying to run that little bit longer or a little bit um, uh, harder or, or get up that last hill, I might use, um, I've, I've got a, another another good friend that's, we're in a, um, we're in a pretty friendly uh, challenge rivalry and I'm thinking like, geez, I've, they would do this, you know, they would push themselves through. And then if I've, I was in something else with public speaking. Then I've, you know, I've, I've, I've got a uh, another role model that I use. So you know, different people for different situations. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I've got uh, certain role models for certain situations. Also, there's uh, General McChrystal, for example. When it comes to public speaking and presence, he's somebody who I look up to, um, and that's what sort of keeps my my thoughts and my focus in the right direction, so I continue moving forward. But just like you said, I've got different role models for different situations. And I find that really important and really helpful for me personally, because it's leading into my next question actually, is that's what keeps me personally from getting bogged down in the negativity of the moment. So, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about how they get bogged down and overwhelmed with the negativity of a certain adverse situation. So what is it that you do that prevents you from getting bogged down? What is it that keeps you on track and moving forward? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question, and I when I think about that, I mean, I, I can think about, um, geez, I've had some really tough situations in the in the past, but they've all been different, right? So, you know, some situations you go, it's easy to define. Something happened, uh, it was pretty shit. 
um, but then it's over and it's a defined period of time. Other things just work their way over time. You know, maybe you've got a, um, uh, a living situation and it's not great or you've, you've got some, you're at work and you've, you, the, the culture of the business starts to degrade over time and you know, over several years and then just one day you just, you just realise that you've been feeling pretty bad for a really long time. Um, so you know, so there's different ways that you can find yourself in, in, a, in a negative situation or a, or a downward um, spiral. And so I've actually, oh, actually this is, this is one of the, um, the benefits of having someone that knows you really well. So my, uh, my lovely wife, she, uh, she knows when, I'm, when I've been brooding or starting to, uh, too long. And she, she'll, ask, she'll tell me to, uh, well, I was about to say she's going to, I was about to say she asked me the question, but she doesn't ask. She just tells me to move on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes you just need to be told, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, and the and the other thing actually, I've started started to do, and this kind of comes back to that that earlier one about focusing on the right things and utilizing your time, and and can you add value to it? Well, actually, what I was doing was so I used to. I'm a big believer of, of exercise. You know, do it do it every day, and I'm a bit of a bit of a grumpy uh, grumpy person if I if I if I don't get to do my exercise, but what I was doing was that at, say at night, I'll go out and, and do some long walks or, or go for a run. I was finding that I was replaying the, well, it's a good distressor. I was actually replaying the things that had happened during the day or um, some, some um, work situations, but there's actually very really little time of that. That was actually adding value. Um, well, I couldn't change something. Um, you, you've, you've already, you can get really quickly. There might be you know, once or twice, you might get a gnarly uh, problem that you've got to think through. But by and large, what I was actually doing was just self-indulging which and uh, going on this this replaying a loop in my head uh, when actually didn't, of, of a situation that's actually, it's, it's done, it's dusted. So what I've actually started to do is I'm actually doing things that are completely non-related in my um in my, uh, uh, say on my walks, for example. So that, that means that I'm I'm listening to um, I'm listening to podcasts actually, and they, they are uh, all sorts of things, comedies, um, things about the life, about trees, uh, just things that are just enjoyable that are, that are non-related to a, a situation. Because when I come when I come back to work or come back to the situation, I'm actually refreshed, and my head is in the um, it's got a lot more you know, gas in the tank to uh, do something productive with it. And when I'm going to go into the next thing about, you know, you're, you're hanging out with your kids and you're, you're playing with them, I'm not actually thinking about that other thing that uh, that was pretty negative and, I'm, and I, I, I can't change. Yeah, right. So it sounds like you're taking a lot of time to do the things that you enjoy to decompress from the situation and recharge the battery so you can keep moving forward. Yeah, um, just to, to reiterate on that one, it's a, you know you can't add value on a, on a situation. Like you can you can think about it for so much, you can you can reflect on something, but you can you can do too much of it. It becomes self indulgent, and it's just about knowing when to say, "Hey, look, enough's enough. You either fix it, forget it, you know, no, yeah, move on." 
so it sounds like reflection is a pretty important tool for you personally to help you make sense of what's going on and then what you need to do next to continue moving forward. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So re- reflection for me is, um, is, is massive. And uh, that's actually, it's, for me, it's, it's a, um, just who, who I am, but it's part of that. If you're, if you're, a, life, if you're a lifelong learner or when you've got a, a professional curiosity of just how things work, and uh, in, in the world, uh, you always, well, I feel you always have that reflection piece as well. And you're going, oh, replaying situations like what, what can you learn from that? How would you do something um, better? What can you take away that, that worked really, really well? And you go, oh, geez, I'll do that again. Uh, yeah, but well, there's a balance with everything. And then that's what I was going with before is just to make sure you're not doing 100% uh, reflection otherwise you get you get a bit hard on yourself so there's a certain point where you go this is as much as i can get out of this there's no need to think about it anymore or i risk the risk uh overthinking what's going on yep perfect bang on so especially now more than ever we've got so many challenges in the business environment and as a leader you know we all have to make difficult and unpopular decisions so how do you prepare yourself for communicating those decisions to the people who will be affected by them. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> one of those things that I just do not enjoy, um, and I, I can't imagine there'd be too many people that would enjoy doing that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, especially I, you know, you just sometimes you go. The more you know about um, about the people, like the harder it gets, right? Um, and so I've I've actually found that it's, you know, geez. Now, if, if I had to go and um, give some um, unpopular uh, unpopular decisions, you know, you've got to, you've got, you have to compartmentalise. It takes a bit of maturity as well. You know that there's, there's emotions attached to, to all these um, decisions, but you, you know, sometimes that's what you're, you're paid to do. You know, that, that's, your, that's your job um, and, and you need to go do it. Uh, and when you think about it, I, I use rationalising a lot. For, for, this is for my own personal um, benefit. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the benefit of the people here, but <laughs> you know, rationalising. You know, sometimes, and sometimes I'm on the on the end of this too, right? Is that if you you're thinking about what's what's the long term good? So if you a, a a really tough situation now might mean that that as as a whole we all get to um, uh, survive and prosper, you know, survive a little bit longer and then actually come up the other side and prosper um, rather than, you know, rather than um, avoiding making a tough decision and then everything going to, <laughs> going to the dogs, so to speak. So do you like consider the, the reaction or the response that you might expect to get from these people before you start speaking? Or do you just go in thinking, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to communicate, and then just uh, just go straight in from, from that point of view? I absolutely think about what, what the, the reactions that I'm going to get from the people and who they might be, because not everyone's, everyone's got different, different reactions, everyone's got different needs, um, and, and, and the way that you communicate to different people um, really needs to be thought through. And what I've actually what I've actually found is that you know maybe maybe I'm lucky in in, in this respect. So somebody that's at that the CEO of a business, he actually he doesn't have the the um, 
the benefit or the uh, the, you know, the, the trying to find the right the right word here. He the CEO might not actually have the uh, the luxury of being able to consider people's um, feelings too much. Like they just have to make the hard decisions and they have to take all the the blowback that comes with it. That's yeah. that's their role. Whereas somebody like myself that's a bit further down the chain but works with you know, has teams or works with teams or or um, uh, either a middle management or, or a senior management, but somewhere in that management level, actually can actually you know it's a double-edged sword, but you you can actually take a more personal approach to people and help them work things through. So I've actually found that for me is that if you're if you are going into a situation to make if you're going into to make some tough decisions. If you've actually had a genuine good relationship and you've got respect that you've actually already built up with these people prior, then you've actually you've got a lot to draw on. But if you go into those situations and you are morally defunct or you've actually you've actually already burnt a lot of uh, of um, goodwill and collateral, when you got these situations, you've got nothing to pull out of the um, there's nothing left in the bank, so to speak. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, so. People might not. So how like do you this. go about? How do you go about earning their respect, your people's respect? Because you know, respect is something that's earned, not just given out. So, what is it that you do to to earn the respect of your people? Genuineness is one. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually you genuinely listen. You genuinely care about someone. Uh, if they need a if they need a hand, you uh, you genuinely give it. So I'm a big I'm a big believer of your help. You help people, and don't, don't really like fobbing things off, which is actually a bit of a it's a bit of a hard one because the other side of that one is that you, you also need to be able to uh, delegate. You know, I always feel really bad about delegating stuff <laughs> to people, but yeah. you know, you, that's, that's actually a skill is to be able to delegate effectively. Um, but yeah, but, but helping helping people, but then also you 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 earn the respect of those uh, around you because how you um, conduct yourself in good times. Um, needs to be the same as how you conduct yourself when times are not good. And it, we, yeah, that's right. That consistency of leadership, right, where everybody knows what to expect from you, regardless of how difficult or how how easy the times are. That they know that they that they're familiar with the way that you're going to respond to them. Yes. Yeah, it builds trust, right? And you, yeah, you do right. what you say you're going to do, and and you and your actions actually marry up with what the words that you're actually saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, probably, probably one other thing. I mean, I'll, I'll add this, and I was thinking about some of the you know, behaviours that I've seen that that haven't really worked. Um, so it, it was, you know, when you, like, I've I've worked with some people in the past, or seen it, um, and and other uh, leaders or people managers, I should I should say, in uh, various businesses where the, the persona that they give for their teams. Is or, or those around them that they uh, is one thing, and it can be maybe less than ideal. But then the other one that they project to to upper management or those where they think they might be uh, have influence on them, you know, is something completely different. And then you end up getting this this disconnect between the. Uh, I've had a um, a past work work experience where. Um, my my team leader, the team was uh, we, we probably weren't that happy, uh, but the um, our team leader 
had a, a one one outward appearance for the um, for her superiors and how we were allowed to uh, uh, and what we did in front of um, anybody else uh, that that might give them a future job um, versus how it was behind closed doors. So there's this like real real disconnect um and that when you go back to that that genuineness you, you knew who was going to turn up just depending on if somebody was watching that person or not <laughs> so, yeah that's right <laughs> yeah but yeah probably don't need to put that one actually in the uh in the, in the thing but that's right <laughs> so who's the most memorable and inspirational leader that you've met throughout your career so far Again, it comes it comes down to different people at different times for different reasons, but there is a common uh, there, there's there's a common theme uh, across uh, across them. And I can think of two. So I mean, that first one that I was telling you about my, my first boss uh, was that was that was Albia Dean, and uh, you know, genuinely cared about his people, knew his craft well. Different people in different situations at different times. So I mean, I think about two people. Well, my first boss, Albia Dean, he, as I said, he knew genuinely cared about his people, right? And yeah. he uh, he knew his craft really well, and he was the he kind of led led from the front too. So he he was in there, got things done. So when the going was tough, he was he was the first one in, and he was the last one out. And uh, and but he also um, expected of us and we actually just became, you know, better people. So that was, that was really awesome. And then a more recent one uh, was a guy named Jeff Myers. And he had, he had this, um, oh, he just had a big brain and he would, he would be able to, uh, you know, the, the vision and things that he can do and communicate it. Geez, he was, he was good at sales, but he was just really good at, um, at, at, galvanizing the people and bringing bringing the people along uh, and he again genuinely cared about like genuinely cared about the people and i don't know if there was a harder worker than jeff and he was the he he expected um he expected you know, good from everyone actually he expected great from everybody but he was able to he was able to get the most out of people because he knew when to Leave people alone because they they really knew that that part of the business really well, or when they uh, needed a lot more support. So he was able to do you know what we call situational leadership. Yeah, he dialed in on specific things um, and to how people actually needed it to be able to grow um, with with people as well. And both of these people were really in tune with um, you know both 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 uh, Albie and and Jeff really in tune with their people and their teams. Um, we're, we're prepared to have the tough conversations, but we're also just really, um, you just wanted to work for them because it just felt good. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you just did good things and you just high performing, um, high performing teams. So yeah, those were, it's interesting, um, isn't it? It's like when people generally speaking, when people, um, are getting hired for, for jobs in particular roles, especially in leadership, that the, the primary focus is on those technical skills, but just listening to what you're talking about now and, and reflecting on my own experience, the most influential leaders that were able to get the most out of their people were those that had, um, that were able to lead their people through those basic human skills. 
So it's not so much the technical skills, that's just an expectation, right? It's those yeah. human skills, which is the difference between poor leaders, good leaders, and exceptional leaders. 100%. Yeah, so I've given you, I've given you a couple of examples of, uh, of people that really, really worked, worked really, really well. Um, but I mean, hey, I've also got examples of, of when it hasn't, and it's, you know, it's kind of like it's the opposite. So technically, they might be extremely good. I mean, these other two guys are really good technically as well, but they um, they just missed that people component, and it was uh, you know it just wasn't a good experience. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so absolutely. If I, if I think a little bit more, tiny, I think I might have mentioned this um, this uh, scenario to you once before. One of the lessons I learned when I was in when I got to Europe, and this is coming from New Zealand, where we've got no, oh, we're we're a little island nation, and we're um, we've, got, we've got several cultures here, but we are all it's 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 not too um not too different in in, in how we approach life. Uh, you've you've actually got to get along with people uh, in New Zealand because there's not too many other places that you can go. Whereas <laughs> if you if you're um, what, what I found in um in Europe was that uh, there was a lot of you know borders on a map were very were just borders on a map how people thought and. Um, and how people did things and what was actually normal might seem really uh, foreign to me or foreign to the, the guy that's at, at say, um, you know, about 50 or 100 kilometres away um, from someone. And that's for all sorts of reasons, from uh, uh, from religion to uh, the climate, um, for example. And uh, what I've actually found, and I've learned this the hard way, was that it was when I was doing business development in Europe with Fonterra, it was the, it was the uh, capability was a, a benchmark. And so it was like, a, like a, once, once you reach the minimum that you actually needed for that, that was a, you give it a tick and what, and what the actual, the biggest thing that was going to determine whether it's going to be a successful or not uh, relationship was character because everyone can be your mate when things are going well, but, who's actually going to be there and do those, you know, do the right things and still work the right way when, when things are not going so well. Just to wrap it up here, I've just got one more question. And what advice could you offer to other leaders to help them better deal with adversity? So what, what advice could I offer to other leaders to help them better deal with adversity? I would say know when to let things go and move on so that you can better use your energy, time, passion, the most effectively. Hey, Luke, I just want to thank you again for your time today. I really appreciate it and look forward to having you back again sometime. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. Cheers, All right. buddy. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks.